In this lecture, I will share with you some of the toolpaths and the sympathetic magic systems that I've created for some of the things that I'm manifesting in my reality. And I will also share with you the different runes and spells that you can utilize to start to tap into magical mastery and physical manifestations. Because I think a lot of people, they are practicing the magic, they're practicing the techniques, they're practicing creating their reality, but then they seem to fall short. They seem to fall short. And there can be so many reasons why the manifestation is not going the way that you intended. First of all, number one, one of the main common reasons for manifestations not going the way you intended is too much attachment to the manifestation. So too much thinking about whether or not it is going to manifest. And when you're thinking about whether or not it is going to manifest, you are telling the universe you are uncertain. Therefore, you will get an uncertain result. And this is a huge problem that you do not want to fall into this trap. You want to be sure. And so understand a lot of people are going to go through this experience where they feel like they're uncertain of their manifestations. Every single person probably will go through that, myself included. So what actually makes you um, become somebody that is certain in your manifestations? How do you actually become uh, brutally certain, brutally uh, insured of your techniques and your ability to you know, manifest what it is you want? So let's say if you want to manifest money, you know, um, that should be something that you can easily manifest if you want to manifest abundance or if you want to manifest a new living situation or a new, uh, you know, like a partner or uh, a new lifestyle, a new way of being. These are things that can be physically drawn to you. You see, there's a there's a big difference between the average person who's trying to manifest and the wizard magi who sat there, calculated every single magical formula every single etheric formula, every single frequency, and then determined what are the best rituals, what are the best spells, what are the best uh, runes, what are the best vibrations, what are the best ways of doing this? Do I need a toolbox? Do I not? Do I need to use sympathetic magic? Do I not? Do I, what kind of magic do I need to use? So today, I'm really going to talk to you Okay, and, and those of you that are in the group training program, you're getting this, this full-on exclusive lecture, right? So I'm really going to explain to you today about how to differentiate when to use what type of magic and then how to actually make that magic successful. Because one of the thing, one of the things that people need to understand is that utilizing magic is a scientific formula. It is an empirical-based uh, technique that can be utilized. It's only when we are sloppy with our technique or lazy or inefficient or uh, just really just not sure of what we're doing is when magic kind of gives you confusing results. So you really need to understand when you're creating a spell or uh, a rune. So let's say you're sitting there, you're listening to this lecture, you have a problem in your life, right? I want you to ask these three questions for yourself. Um, what is the problem that I'm facing? What is the desired result? How can I move from A to B? And then what are finally, what are the spells, runes, symbols, frequencies that I need to progress to my goal? And then you need to actually begin ritual preparation. Again, if you don't want to do this personally and you're finding that this is too hard, you can always hire us to do this for you. So this is what we do with our rituals and with our, uh, you know, exclusive rituals is to do these kinds of tulpas. So we do tulpas for protection, for healing, for energy work overall. Uh, for vitality, for abundance, for uh, shielding, and many other types of energy tulpas. Tulpas are unique. 
and very powerful. Um, it just takes energy and it takes intention. And I know that when I am personally doing rituals for clients, um, it takes a lot of energy. So the, one of the problems that stops people is that they simply don't have enough spiritual energy. And, and to be able to charge a tulpa for an hour straight, you know, that takes skill. So you may not be able to do it for an hour straight at first, okay? Because that's going to take a lot of energy. So it may only work for you for five, 10 minutes before you're, you're basically out of juice. So then you might ask the question, well, why, why am I out of juice? Because you haven't trained enough. Your energy body isn't strong enough. And this is where, this is where practice and study comes into place. And this is why I talk about, you know, true spell casting mastery only comes after years of training, meditation, concentration, and focus mastery. Wizards who dedicate their time and energy to their art will be rewarded through careful study and practice. It takes intricate knowledge of the magical arts to learn repeatable, consistent, and powerful spells. Magic is an arcane art, meaning that it has been lost to time and energetic corruption. True wizards will sit through the test of time and the energies of learning patience practice to reach their fullest, highest potential. A true magical beacon and powerhouse of spiritual alchemical energy. So essentially, like, and here you go. Here's an image of uh, a ritual right, right here. Okay, you can see this in the background. So we got this one right here. I believe that this one was uh, dark energy extraction that I had performed. So it takes a long time to get really good. But for the true wizard, it's definitely worth it. For those that are really, really wanting to learn this arcane mastery, it's absolutely worth it. You simply have to just stick with it. Be patient. Learn which is why the school of mysticism is here and be consistent and, and be patient and then practice each day. And the results, it's kind of like when you see like, you know, a professional athlete, like they train every single day for eight to 10 hours a day. And you're like, man, what is all that training for? And then when you see them on the stage, they look like a freaking beast, right? Whether they're, they're insanely physically fit or they're extremely strong or they can do some feet like you know maybe they can uh dunk a dunk a ball from like 20 feet out or something or they can they can jump insanely high or they can run insanely fast or they can um you know they're just they're a master at the craft and for a wizard it's basically that they have so much power and so much control over the energies do all they can do all kinds of things so when when people say that human beings are not gods and goddesses, I laugh because they don't know the power of tulpas. <laughs> and anybody who's a true uh, magician, a true magi, is going to understand the power of tulpas. Okay, excuse me, I'm fix my glasses here real quick. So a tulpa is something that the magi uses for his own benefit to do the work that he wants for him. So instead of him having to do everything, he has a tulpa that will. Uh, bring forth this this desired result now of course it's going to take energy it's going to take power it's going to take intentions it's going to take specific formula those things are all necessary but the great thing about a tulpa is that one the magician can charge it himself and then he can also modify the tulpa for whatever it is you can also create your own tulpa by creating your own sigil your own incantation and then your own chanting okay so the way we would do this is simple. We, we've talked about this before. You create your own schedule through a variety of processes using a chaos magic calculator or uh, any sort of, you know, removing the, uh, the the certain letters, only keeping the vowels, then connecting the vowels together, and then 
basically creating um, a form out of that, okay, in the form of a uh, actual image or result. And then the incantation would simply be the words of power that are affirming whatever it is you're creating. So if you're if you're creating a money spell, it would be money come to me now effortlessly and easily. And then you would take that phrase, you could translate it into Latin, you could translate it into Greek, you could translate it into uh, another language that you feel more comfortable with. You could even just keep it in English. You could shorten it. You could make it into something more powerful. So instead of saying money come to me now easily and effortlessly, which doesn't really sound like an incantation, you could just simply make it infinitum pecunium, which means the same thing. Okay. And then you would chant, you would vibrate, which would mean that you would send your vibrations. Okay. Vibrations are energy in motion. You would send those vibrational energies towards the tulpa, towards the sigil, while visualizing and seeing the sigil illuminate with power. Illuminate with power. Illuminate with energy. So then as you're allowing this visualization to come to life, you will feel the tulpa start to manifest, start to breathe, start to become alivened. And this is a, a magical process. You may even see the words or the paper kind of glow a little bit or uh, kind of wave a little bit, like breathing, because reality is not what you've been told. It is actually a holographic reality. So you can see when reality is an illusory. You can see how reality starts to conf uh, contract and conform with you how it starts to manifest and how it starts to respond to your energy. And then as you're building the spell, once you've, you've sustained your result, you've inserted your energy, you'll then close your eyes. You can place your hand over it. You may burn some incense. You may uh, rub some oils on it. You may rub some herbs on it. You may add some salt and then you would place it in your, your magical altar room, your, your space of protection and power and you would place that energy there and you would leave it there. And then you would basically finish your ritual up, close your ritual down, blow out your candles, say thank you to the infinite powers, thank yourself, and then simply go up and move up on your day, knowing that your, your manifestation is on its way, knowing that you are giving gratitude for the completion of your manifestation, which means that you already know it's been finished. You already know that it's on its way and it's coming to you and it's finished. So that means that you no longer have to do any more work magically. You may have to do some physical action that is inspired through the ritual. So then I, the best thing to do after a ritual is to completely do something else. So the best thing to do is to go make yourself a sandwich or go take a walk or go uh, talk to a, a friend or a loved one or go uh, you know, read a book or do something that's unrelated to the magical practice. So you, you're not thinking about it. So you've closed the ritual down and now you've moved over to the mundane reality or to some other form of uh, reality. And you're not focusing on that specific spell that you're doing. Okay. You're not focusing on that thought form, that tulpa. That tulpa needs to do its work without you having to think about it. There may be times when you need to come back in and recharge the tulpa, re-energize the tulpa. Okay. Speak to the tulpa. Those are all different situations. Those are all situations that are going to be kind of complex and those exist for themselves. So that's something that you'll learn as you're, if you, if you start to see your results, um, you know, manifesting and then there's like a, a block or something, well, then you would have to recharge up your toolbox.
So you you basically want to allow your toolkit to grow, and then you want to let it be free, and then you want to recharge it, reassess it in a couple of days, and kind of feel it off, play with it, you know, visualize it, see how it's doing, see what kind of results have manifested. If no results are manifested, you can always do the ritual again. You can create a secondary one. And if really you've tried this two or three times and nothing has happened, well, then you need to contact me personally. Then you need to get some assistance from a real magician, a real uh, mystic, you know, a real wizard that's going to be able to assist you. So that would be a good time to contact, you know, uh, a teacher and get advice and see where are you going wrong. Maybe your visualization, maybe you don't have enough energy, maybe you're not really focusing your intention. Maybe you're not believing it. Maybe you have a block magically. So that would be something you would need to examine by a teacher and see like, where is the formula not going right? Because the formula is pretty simple and it does work. It's just that uh, there's a lot of places for error. And most of the time that error is through improper training or improper experience. And that is what causes these kinds of malfunctions. Things that ha were very commonplace back in the day, like maybe even creating fire out of nothing was something that a wizard could do easily or creating a storm of lightning, something that a wizard could do easily back in the day, maybe five, 600 years ago, okay? These days isn't so easy. These days isn't so easy. These days it takes way more energy. It takes way more practice, way more training because we have... Number one, there's a consensus reality, which is created, you know, because reality is created by the minds of its observers. Consensus reality makes magic not real as much because people don't believe in it. So therefore, the collective is always telling you it's not real. Therefore, the energy fields are always in resistance to your magic. So you have to overpower it with your own power. So remember, these are all in spells theory. This is all in theory. So you might not even understand why your magic's not working. You could be practicing for five years and you might not understand why your magic's not working. And now I just told you that there's a consensus reality which is working opposite to you. And that right there might have taken you years to figure out why your casting wasn't working. <laughs> so you see why it's so important to have the school of mysticism? Because there has been nobody teaching true ways of casting and charging and consecrating and activating. And this is very sad to see that there's no actual techniques and that people are just guessing. And really what happens is that, okay, when there's no ways of teaching and no ways of understanding this, what actually happens is people just lose their magic. So they actually just forget about it. They lose their ability. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you had a third eye, which you literally do. But let's say you had an actual third eye, like a physical third eye, okay? And this third eye could see, uh, and you could literally see with it, okay? I'm talking about another, like, third eye, but you always kept this, this eye closed. You never used it. You, In fact, people would laugh at you if you tried to use it. They were like, oh, that's not real. <laughs> you, you think that you could actually use your third eye? That's a joke. Well, actually, the truth is that your third eye is very real, and it's very possible to utilize it and to see with it, okay? And so it's like, it's like that basically that there's been so much lost information and that the, the teachings have been uh, lost to time and magic is arcane. And so the consciousness has changed. The humans have changed. The consensus has changed. The abilities have changed. The ability to practice has changed. And so this is the revival of these teachings and this information because it is absolutely key for our spiritual development. And as an arcane art, We'll have to study very ancient texts, ancient symbols, 
ancient records and teachings to uncover the truth about what magic is really all about and how we can start to harness this power in our day and age. Because we know that there's a spiritual force that illuminates ourselves and others. And we know that this is the key to our salvation, quote unquote, from the demiurgic realm. Okay. So this is kind of like a lot of work here where we've compiled gnosis and we've compiled understanding um, the ways of reaching higher levels of consciousness. Okay. And then also bending the hologram. So that way we're not in that cycle of suffering or cycle of lack or cycle of, uh, you know, less than. We're always in the cycles of abundance. We're cycles of prosperity and cycles of uh, upliftment. Mm -hmm.